welcome to another Monday edition of User Words Podcast. This is Paul again going solo, uh, as always, on the Monday editions. But anyways, let's get into it here. So I never thought I would say this ever, but Washington, the state of Washington, is a state that other states should be modeling. And it seems that other states are already starting to do that, such as New Jersey. So what's happening over in the state of Washington that I think is good? Finally, good news coming out of the Northwest here. Well, let's preface it with some bad news first. The bad news, starting the 8th, January 8th, so that's coming up here just a couple days here, actually Wednesday, multiple students may not be allowed to go back to class. Now, why is that? Well, they may not be allowed to go back to class because their immunizations, um, but particularly, we're not talking like all immunizations, we're talking one particular for uh, measles, mumps, rubella, MMR, uh, they're not up to date. So because they're not up to date, they may not be allowed back to class. Now, why is that? Well, if we look back at the year 2019, Washington had two, they call them um, outbreaks. We can go with that. Two outbreaks of measles. And this caused you know people to respond thankfully, in the government, and they did what a government should do and said, hey, we need to take this seriously. We understand that there are people out there who say, you know, I, I, I don't want to get immunized because of blah. And they looked at it and they said, well, for the public health, we're going to start requiring you. So they passed a law and that law went to effect last year and essentially said that as of the start of the 2020 school year, so January 8th, 2020, if they did not have verifiable documents for their immunization. In other words, these can't just be a letter saying, hey, you know, my child was immunized. They actually need the actual certificate from the doctor or they need a copy of medical records or whatnot to, that are verified that can say this child was immunized on these dates by this lot number, etc. for this. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to stop measles from spreading. Now, there have been a lot of people saying, oh, measles isn't that bad. It's not, it's not, no one dies from the measles. It's an inconvenience like chickenpox. According to an article from Newsweek here, where they're talking about this issue, they say that as many as one out of every 20 children with measles get pneumonia. So now we're not talking about just measles. We're talking about pneumonia now starting to enter the picture. And Pneumonia is actually the most common cause of death from measles in young children. Now, with all that being said, nearly one to three of every 1,000 children who become infected with measles will die from respiratory and neurologic complications. Where do neurologic complications come from? Continue reading on in the article. It says about one out of every 1,000 children who get measles will develop encephalitis or swelling of the brain that can lead to convulsions and it can either lead to the child being deaf or have an intellectual disability. So all these people going measles, it's not an issue. It's, you know, a rash, some itching, some annoyance. They're the lucky ones. Not every kid is going to get that. And when you don't have everyone immunized, things start getting bad. Now, when you look at the overall numbers, it's not the worst disease in the world. Again, remember it said one out of every 20 children get pneumonia, uh, one to three of every thousand, and one of every thousand. Last year, between January 1st and December 5th, 2019, there were 1,276 cases of measles, which were confirmed 
across 31 states. This is a sharp rise from the previous year where there was only 375 confirmed cases. Of those 1,276 people, 124 of them were hospitalized and 61 suffered complications such as pneumonia. Now, the fact that 124 people were hospitalized and that 61 of those were something like pneumonia, that's a pretty decent amount. Now, again, they don't have in the numbers, at least that I have right here in front of me, they don't have, you know, the age breakdown. Looking at the CDC's numbers, and I'll link to this in the podcast notes as well. We are currently on, in the past 10 years, we're in an era where we're seeing more measles outbreak than normal. Um, Back in 2014, we saw 667, which was a weird year. And then all of a sudden, it took a big, sharp downward turn. Previous to that, it was an anomaly if you went above 200 cases a year. And then 2018, we went to 375. And then 2019, 1276. Now, this isn't to say that people cannot have exemptions for getting vaccines. In fact, according to this article from Insider.com, there are still a lot of states in the U.S. that allow for medical, religious, and philosophical exemptions. Washington used to be one of those states. They now are down to just medical and religious exemptions. So that what that means is if you have a medical condition where you cannot get a vaccine because you have a, a immunosuppressing, you HIV, you have a medical reason, you should not be getting the vaccination. But that is why everyone else is getting that vaccination to help protect you. Now, if you're on the side of against vaccinating for everything, you're going to say, well, herd mentality doesn't work. Vaccines aren't 100% effective. Da, 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 da. I, that is another conversation for another time. Let's go with the assumption right now that vaccines are effective because historically, medically, scientifically reporting, they are effective. Whether 80% effective or 90% effective, that is not the matter of argument right now. What is the matter of argument is why do we have so many people who are not getting their vaccines like they should be to protect people all around? You know, people are going to go, oh, no, we're not going to go there. So, Right now, actually, in the U.S., there's only four states, surprisingly, California is one of them, where the only reason you can be exempted from a vaccine is for medical reasons only. I happen to live in Wisconsin where you can uh, deny a vaccine based on medical, religious, philosophical exemptions, unless you're employed by a healthcare company. And I'll say this now, uh, my company that I work for, Advocate Aurora Healthcare, has nothing to do with this podcast. They don't endorse anything I say or anything. But I will say this, for me to work in a hospital setting, they call it a hospital setting, even though I work in IT, I have to get the flu shot every year. I legal, I shouldn't say legally, excuse me. I am required by HR if I wish to keep my job to get a shot every year, unless I go through uh, and fill out the exemption forms for a medical or religious reason. i don't believe there's a philosophical reason exemption from my work. But my work, where I work, again, I work in IT. I don't even interact with patients, but yet they make it a requirement because there's a potential that I can interact with someone else that can interact with patients that I must get immunized. I am in full support of that. I'm in full support of that for schools where you have children who are coming from all over who are going to be interacting. You have the teachers, you have the staff, the support staff, the janitorial staff, uh, everything. And they are all in an enclosed building together. I'm sorry, putting essential oils in your school will not stop the spread of measles. You see all these fake articles online saying hospitals in the U in Europe 
use essential oils to stop measles. I'm sorry if you actually read the articles, doesn't work. You also, and I will point and link to this article in the show notes, there's someone going, well, the CDC says this, and then you actually go and read the CDC documents, and they completely counter to what they are writing in their article, which is entertaining to say the least, but it's also sad that there's so much misinformation, fake news being spread, which is why we have such a low rate of vaccination. But I digress. Let me get back to the point here. The point being that for once, this is a good thing that Washington is doing, the state of Washington is doing. They are setting an example, which I hope other states soon will follow. So how far should an exemption go and be allowed to go when set by the state level? Honestly, I think it should really only go to medical and religious exemptions. There are not that many people, if you look at it, that have an exemption based for religion. There's not that many religions that um, the one that tenants is you don't get immunized. Okay. And when I say religious exemption, I'm not talking about a philosophical exemption to this where you're like philosophically, this is my religion. No, I'm talking about something where it is consistent. You know, if this is a religious exemption where you, you don't want anything injected to your body, well, you better not have a tattoo. Simple and plain as day on that one. Medical exemption is kind of necessary. People who are ill should not be getting this if their body is not able to handle it. And that's why we all get immunized to protect those people as well as the younger people in the world who can't get that. So I'm glad to see this. Now, when I say that should be the limit, you know, you have some places like New Jersey, which are going to the next level and they're proposing legislation to remove the religious exemption. I think that might be a little too far considering from most places I've seen for the religious exemption, that's usually less than 1% of people who apply that exemption to not get the vaccines. So we'll see what happens there. But the Washington is leading the pack, and that's good. I'm glad to see that. It sucks that uh, these children will be getting unexcused absences, which could impact you know them being able to move up to the next grade or graduation if they're a senior in school net. Uh, so hopefully they're doing that. I know in Seattle, according to the Times article, it was saying that they were offering free clinics for catching up on the MMR vaccine. So that way, those people who maybe couldn't afford it could at least get the free clinic to get the free vaccination to be able to continue on in school. So what are your thoughts on this? Should vaccination be required? Do essential oils work? And is Washington doing the right thing? What about New Jersey? What are the limits to the exemptions that we should have? and immunization requirements.